Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined as always by Mr. Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, man, how you living? Hey, everything's good. We're in Southern California. I mean, I think people are jealous of us because we do live over here. We do live in a, a basically in beach weather. I mean, right now it's still about 60 to 75 degrees, and I see people out with scarves looking like they're about to hit the slopes. That's how you know it's getting cold in Southern California. You think they, they hate us? Honey, they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> exactly that's they what i'm saying like absolutely. yeah no i see all, all my friends on the east coast are complaining about shoveling snow this and that and, that, and i'm like yeah sorry i i, I don't know I, I don't know about that life <laughs> yeah it's a it's a hard knock life speaking of a hard knock life man clippers are winless since acquiring harden uh, like i'm gonna be the first to say this i didn't want the harden trade um i get i get it it's a sexy pick i understand it I, I totally feel you, but it's just, I just didn't think that it was meshing. I'm not saying that it might not mesh later on in the season, but what are your thoughts on this Clippers acquisition and um, how it's going so far? Well, I think everybody kind of, I don't know why the NBA and I guess the NFL in a, in a sense too, like all sports try and get too cute when it comes to this. Like, yeah, just cause you have Harden and Kawhi and Paul George and, uh, my boy from uh, San Diego, I can't remember, Norman Powell, just yeah. and Russell Westbrook, just because you have all that talent doesn't mean it's going to translate to wins. I mean, I'm surprised the Clippers did this because we've seen this in the past. Like, they always try and load up their teams. Injuries hit. They don't mesh. Uh, uh, guys are turning the ball over. Just stuff like that. And, it, it, and it's kind of gotten to the point now where, yeah, they hit a home run, but at the same time, you're not. It doesn't translate to trophies. I mean, I saw that they updated their selfies up in the rafters at Staples Center, and that's cool and everything. Like, you've been winning the headline for the last 15 years on the Lakers, I guess. But at the same time, like, that hasn't translated to championships. And and I just, I mean, 
Russell Westbrook and James Harden have already been on a team three separate times. And well, this is the third time. It hasn't worked, and you're doing it again. Like it's just, uh, in my opinion, I, I just thought it was bad for basketball, and I haven't really seen that fire from James Harden in a long time. Like I haven't seen that spark, that fire from him probably since before the pandemic. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's not a good look, and and uh, unfortunately for the Clippers, I mean, zero and four uh, doesn't look good, but it it could get worse because you know. There's guys that sometimes shut down when things go when things get rough, they shut down. I think Harden's one of those guys, and unfortunately, uh, it, it could happen again for them. Yeah, um, I want I want to switch over to something a little bit more positive. Obviously, this is the Arash Markazi show, and I always when I try to host this show, I want to talk about the Clippers, but we got to go with the stars. We got to go with the uh, the team that LA obviously gravitates towards the most. The Lakers are um, at 500 right now, but they have a star in my guy, Mr. Cam Reddish. He is blowing stuff up right now. Um, Talking about him being a starter, a permanent starter. There's articles out there talking about how great he um, has become and how great he's fitting into that system. Um, Give me your uh, feedback on Cam Reddish and the Lakers as well. Well, I think that Rob Palenka, for all the negativity that he's gotten as a general manager, I think he's good at finding some of these guys and paying them almost near to nothing. Like, they pay him the minimum, and then they end up working out. I mean, we've seen it with numerous players uh, in the past with them. I mean, Malik Monk is now with the with the Kings, and you have other players that have done such a good job with them. And uh, Cam Reddish, just another example. I've seen him on defense, like, during that uh, Clippers game. I thought his defense was very important in that game. I think there's other uh, elements to it. The only thing is the health. I mean, the health of this team. I mean, I know LeBron's up there in age, and Anthony Davis has kind of been in and out, and I, I Gabe Vincent is also hurt. So once this team gets healthy, maybe they can click and do well, but they have some players. I mean, Austin Reeves looks like a so – You're cutting in and out of The best there. thing for Austin Reeves was to go – Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? No, it's okay. Go ahead. Keep going. Hello? Yeah, no. The best thing for Austin Reeves, in my yeah, I thought the best thing for him, in my opinion, was going with Team USA and uh, and learning from those guys and and kind of getting to see how and learning from all the different players that he's with. Because I mean, he's with LeBron and AD and these guys, but going and learning from other people and other coaches and guys like Steve Kerr, you're only going to get better. So uh, I think this Laker team, if they can get healthy. And they can play the the type of way that they we all know they can play. I think they'll be back in uh, in contention. But hey, I mean, five hundred is not bad right now. I just this in season tournament. I think though, kind of slows everything down for uh, for these guys. Oh, I love the I, dude, Fernando. This is why I love having you on every single week because <laughs> you segue like nobody else. Like you segue like a pro. Let's talk about that <laughs> crappy in season tournament. What are your thoughts? Because I already have pretty much told my thoughts of how words I can't say on the air this uh, tournament is. Well, it's a money grab. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it like it's so funny to me that players want the uh, the season cut down, but oh yeah, well they don't cut it down, and then oh hey, here goes the tournament. Like I understand in Europe, it is very famous. I watch. I watch football, European soccer. I love it. I think it's amazing. 
But those guys have in-season tournaments. They have the Community Shield. They have Copa del Rey. You have Champions League. You have your own season. You have a lot of different tournaments and then international play. So you have a lot of different things going around, and FIFA's making a lot of money off of it. But the players are pissed off at UEFA, and they're pissed at FIFA for making them do so many things and then not giving them almost any rest in the uh, in the offseason. So I'm surprised. That guys are so on board, or I don't know how the temperature is. I heard LeBron the other day saying, "Oh, well, there's money involved." Well, yeah, there's money involved, but five hundred thousand dollars. But you put more uh, pressure on yourself. You could get hurt. Like it's. I don't like it. I mean, I, I think it could be. It could turn ugly. Like, what if Damian Lillard or Giannis or Kevin Durant or one of these guys gets hurt? And they could miss some time during the regular season. I mean, they're going to be mad, especially because those are the teams that are vying for a championship. So I understand. Uh, I don't get the excitement for it. If I was an NBA player, I wouldn't be happy about it at all. Yeah, and this is five hundred thousand dollars for the winner, right? This isn't five hundred. Yeah, exactly. For for the guy that gets in second place or third or fourth or whatever, this is just for the number one guys. This is five hundred k per player for the winner, and this is like you're you're gonna pay that to LeBron James. You're gonna pay that to a Giannis. Those guys are making millions. They don't care about freaking five hundred k. Hey, that's Bronny's. Uh, that's Bronny's. Uh, Christmas right there. That's uh, yeah. yeah. That's that's no, no. I'm saying like that's like somebody's gonna get like LeBron could just turn that around and gift it to one of the kids or 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 something like that. Like that's nothing. That's play money for them. Hey, you know what? If they took this tournament in season tournament money and just gave it away, I'm good. With charity. That. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm good with that, but. Don't tack on more games. Don't tack on more. And then we're talking about, you know, getting these guys, you know, postseason ready. You know, like the, the guy, uh, I don't know, this whole entire thing. Like, I, I get it. Like the NBA product for me, at least, is not a viable product at the current moment in time. It's not as great as it used to be back in the day. And I know we keep talking about back in the day, the Jordan era, the Barkley era, the uh, the Magic era and stuff like that. Um, Kobe. Yeah, exactly. Like we, 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 I get it. I, I know all you Zenials are out there being like, "Please stop talking about your flipping era." But these guys did play hard all eighty-two games. Yeah, that's right, guys. They played eighty-two games in the freaking nineties. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I just think that you know, th this is they're trying to make it a turnaround for like these guys to play a little harder, play for something that's worth something. But is this in-season tournament really worth anything? And I don't really think. No. Yeah, and I don't think it's worth anything. Um, but you know what it is, right? Yeah. It's to compete with the NFL. Like, to get people excited and be like, oh, hey, like, don't go. Because I know that NBA ratings get big after the NFL season's over. Right. But it's like, oh, don't don't watch just the NFL. Come and watch us too. Look, we have an in-season tournament. It's like, dude, come on. Like, stop trying to compete with the yeah. NFL. Like, to me, to me, to be honest, I think the NBA season should start on Christmas Day. Like, that's my Wow, that late? Opinion. Like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would start it. I would start it. I wouldn't even try and compete right now with the NFL just for ratings purposes and stuff. Like, I would start it later. Give guys more time to rest. Give guys a little bit more time to kind of get acclimated with their new teams. All that stuff. Like, that's just my opinion. But so then, how uh, long would you have the preseason? Then, sorry to interrupt you, Fernando. But how long? No, would you no, have no the you're good. No, the preseason starts late November. 
you give them a couple of games to kind of warm up, like the same schedule that they have right now. You give them about two, three weeks, and then Christmas Day, you you uh, you start off the season. I feel like that builds excitement. I think if you kind of backtrack, and then the the tournament, the NBA championship, maybe could be in July, leading up to NFL training camp. Like everything kind of follow each other. Everything, and then because as soon as the NBA season's over, boom, you got baseball. Baseball, the back end of baseball, the beginning of football. So everything kind of follows each other's sports and nobody really intertwines all that much. Just my opinion, but I'm just a sports stooge. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm just saying, like, that's just the way I would, uh, I would tackle it if I was being honest. I mean, I'm okay with starting in November, but I don't know if I would start preseason in November. I, I think I, I think I, Sorry, go ahead. My bad. No, 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 no. That's all. So I think I, I would, I would start in November. I would start like preseason for two weeks early in November. Get your feet wet, whatever. Da, da, da. I, I agree with you on that one for sure, hundred percent. But I think that like then you carry on, and the season is Thanksgiving weekend. I know that's competing with football. Um, you can do it like after. Hey, college football. Yeah, but you can do it after, right? Like you can do it after actual Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like NFL has their Thanksgiving Day games they have like sat- like the saturday sunday et cetera, et cetera. but like then you can do it post that right or you can do it the week before or something like um i don't know maybe start in november instead of starting the season in october like yeah i think october is way too yeah, early, it's early. Like, to be honest and yeah. that's the thing I, I don't think people catch on until i like as soon as football the regular football season's over i think that's when fans really start like well not everybody but like some fans uh jump over and stuff and and that's kind of the thing that's why i'm saying like i would start it a little bit later to give guys a little bit more fresh legs and everything because i mean to be completely honest like the guys that everybody really is are wanting to watch they're starting to get older like lebron's 38 39 like kevin durant like i was surprised by kevin durant and steph curry's age the other day i was (laughs) like dang are they really like i'm like whoa like okay it's starting to like and you're kind of looking to see who the next generation is and it's like even and Luka Doncic is a little bit older than uh, what you'd expect and stuff. So, but I, I, I feel you. Oh, like, stop, I, I man! That kid is under twenty-five. He's good, man. Like, stop. Is Luka twenty-five? I thought he was a little bit older. No, 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 I don't think he entered the league at nineteen. Oh, okay, then my bad. That's my bad. So, he might look a little bit older than what I thought, but uh, I mean, Europeans got it rough, man. So, Slovenians got it rough. Like, like certain hey. Eastern Eastern European guys got it rough. So, I get that. I get that. Um, he's but, actually a looker compared to most. Uh, most, so I'm well, just he's saying. Also, he has competed against men, right, since he was yeah, like, yeah. What, 15 years yeah, old. So. At, yeah, I think he played at Real Madrid. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that guy, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he, and that's the thing. That style works, too. That's why I, I don't think Wemba Nyama, I don't think he's going to be that far off because since he was a kid, he's been competing against older uh Older players. Sometimes that European style kind of does translate now over to the NBA, in my opinion. It, it translates now, but it's only because the NBA has transitioned over to European style. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In four um, facets than one, aka no. the in season tournament. Oh my God. It's it's just so bad. Can we, we can both agree that this in season tournament thing is just bad. It's just. It's oh, a, yeah. Yeah. This is not going to be like um, the 
um, what, uh, what, what's the one, one play, like what one and done kind of, um, play vying for your spot, um, in the postseason like that. This isn't that like, yeah, no, 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 no. This is, this is just a pure, like, this is a pure money grab. Like 100%. Pure well, money grab. And I'd love to see, I'd love to see the ratings after this tournament is done. Oh, it's gotta be crap. It's gotta be crap. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they especially the Lakers played uh, on Sunday night. Like it competed with like the end of the Chargers game. It competed with Sunday night football. And I know it was the Jets and the Raiders, but that but football is still like like I saw. I heard that the ratings on Thursday night when it was the crappy Carolina against crappy Chicago. I heard that even those ratings were pretty good. So it's like people just want to watch football. That's just the the, big the American thing. way, man. Exactly. The American way, unfortunately, like, uh, shout out to those veterans, like keeping it the American way. But um, you brought up the Chargers. We uh, we got we got a lot of time, man. We got we got five minutes uh, here before we have to go to break. Wanted to talk to you about those Chargers, man. Like, I feel like if they weren't in San Diego, literally nobody would be talking about them. Right. Um, <laughs> they just cannot get it done. And, and here's the thing. I love Dan Campbell. I love what he's doing with that program. I love what he's doing with that culture. He's changing everything around. I had them in a parlay. Um, so thank you, Lions, for winning. Um, but ah. that being said, sorry, Charger Nation. That being said, is it official panic time for the Chargers? Well, first off, I just want to thank you for that. I mean, we're over here decapitating kneecaps, and we're, we're out there, man. I mean, that's the thing. We, we're, we're competing out there. That's just my best in uh, Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan Campbell. Campbell He's just a funny dude. But to be honest, I mean, this game had everything you wanted. Eight for nine on four downs by both teams, like, combined, like, it was just, and, and honestly, Derwin James told me after the game, he's like, we were the ones that gave that game up. Like, the defense, they give up 41 points. There was a play at the end of the game, and, and, I, and I say it, you have to have cojones to want to win NFL games. Dan Campbell and that offense were facing fourth and two, and they could either kick the field goal and give Justin Herbert a minute and 41 left, a minute 47, or they could go for the fourth down, get it, and then um, milk the clock, kick a field goal, and get out of there. They decided to go for it, and the same thing that happened two weeks ago against Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs happened again. Uh, tight end Sam Laporta finds his sweet spot, sits in in the spot. Jared Goff hits him. He falls down. That's it. That's game. Riley Patterson comes in, kicks the field goal, and that's all she wrote. So I think it is panic time. Why? What, like, the defense is just, it, it isn't what it was built to be. This is Brandon Saley's defense. Every game, every loss that they've had this year where the defense done has not been up to par, Brandon Saley has said, this is on me. Well, now it's like, okay, we get it's on you, but nothing is getting fixed. Amon Ross St. Brown, former USC um, wide receiver, he had 100 and, uh, 140, 157 yards and a touchdown. They let uh, David Montgomery go crazy. They let Jamari Gibbs go crazy. So 
They just could not get out of their own way. This defense is worrisome. They have so much money behind it. I was one of the people that said, look, after Chicago and the Jets, where the defense played well, I'm like, wait till they face some better competition. And they face one of the top teams in the, in the NFC, and that team came to play, and it was a good showing. But the offense did everything they could. They Justin Herbert put up 324 yards, four touchdowns. Keenan Allen, 175 and two touchdowns. So it's just uh, it's worrisome about how this defense is, has really fallen off since year one. Every year they've kind of gotten progressively, uh, in my opinion, worse uh, under Brandon Saley. So what do you, uh, what does this Chargers team need in order to get back into the over 500 conversation or just maybe even just be viable? I mean, I, I just, I mean, the defense has to play better, but they have a really rough game, a uh, really rough stretch coming up. They go to Green Bay, and I know Green Bay's not good, but their defense is good, and the Chargers uh, have not really been able to do well against top-notch defense. We saw against the Jets. Their offense can barely move the football. Um, and, I mean, yeah, they have Keenan Allen, but they lost Gerald Everett in the game today. Uh, they could have some other nicks and nags. And, and I don't know what this team is going to be moving forward, but they play. They go to the Packers and they come back and play the Baltimore Ravens, who are going to be a very tough ask. And then you go to New England. I mean, those three games are winnable. No, well, no. Two out of those three are winnable. But all three of them could be losable as well. So uh, they're in for a tough stretch. I, 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 again, I don't have them making the playoffs, but I'm really interested to see what Brandon Staley's team has uh, moving towards the end of the season. All right. Well, some amazing insight. Loved this conversation for now. It's probably one of the best episodes I've ever had with you. Um, let's chill for now. But when we get back, We'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's own Steve Carp, a.k.a. Mr. Carpy himself, when we come back on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5, the best in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Guys, just as a reminder, you can always... Call our hotline at 310-400-0340. If you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, again, please call that hotline at 310-400-0340. Okay, it is time, guys, to go to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline and talk to Steve Carp, Mr. Carpy. 
it, it, it Raider Nation is on fire. It's ridiculous what they are doing right now. Uh, 2-0, and oh, what do we think of Raider Nation? You were just there last night. Tell me your thoughts. Well, for starters, there were more Raider fans than Jet fans. So right wow. there, that's a plus. Yeah, we haven't seen that around here. Usually the other team is uh, bringing more people into Allegiant Stadium than the Silver and Black are. But uh, Raider Nation turned out on uh, Sunday night. And boy, it was loud in here, especially when uh, the team was trying to uh, close the door on the Jets. And uh, very impressive. It wasn't the prettiest game you'll ever see. But the Raiders, to their credit, found a way to stay in it mentally. They didn't relax. They didn't give Zach Wilson time to beat them. And, you know, look, 16-12, not going to hang in the Louvre. It might be more appropriate to be on somebody's refrigerator door with a magnet. But when you, when you look at it, in the end, it's still a win. And in this league, that's all that matters. The Raiders are 5-5. Five and five. They go to Miami next week to play the Dolphins. Then they're home during Thanksgiving weekend to play Kansas City. If they can find a way to win at least one of these games and be 6-6 six and six going into the home stretch, these guys might have enough to figure out a way to get into the playoffs. I know that sounds crazy. That's a bullshit. Well, especially given what we've been watching here all season. You know, this has been like riding a crazy roller coaster that you, you don't know the twists and turns. And, and you know, your body gets beat up sitting in the, in the car as the thing goes up and down and around. And, but Antonio Pierce has got these guys believing. They're having fun again. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to bet against this guy and this group of guys right now. They are finding ways to stay in and win football games, and that's going to be the key going forward from here. Can they find a way to slow down the Dolphins next week and figure out a way to deal with Patrick Mahomes next week? If they can, you know, they've got some guys injured. They give themselves healthy enough. Hey, never know. Never know. Yeah, football's a weird game because <laughs> yeah, all it takes is like one moment to undo a lot of bad, as was the case tonight. As Aiden O'Connell threw the game's only touchdown pass when he hit Michael Meyer in the corner of the end zone, or it could go the other way. All the good you do can be erased by one bad play. So that's the challenge for the Raiders going forward. Limit the bad plays. Try to build on the good ones. Try and keep moving forward. It doesn't matter how it looks. Just keep moving. And, you know, the team's motto of just win baby is the, uh, it's been this thing, the mantra Forever, you know, as long as Al Davis was around back way back in the 60s. Yeah, I mean, th th they are just winning, though. They they really are just winning. Um, 
going into that stadium, by the way, I, I just want to reiterate how beautiful and well Vegas does football. Like, I'm not a Raider fan. I stopped being a Raider fan once they moved from L.A. to Oakland um, as a kid. Right, the second time, right. In the, yeah, in the 90s. I just I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, just a, a lot of disappointment for, you know, for a 13-year-old child. So um, just kind of stop. And now you're a Giants fan. As I, an adult. I am. I, it, it's How's a hard for torment? Ugh, it's a, you know what, though? I can't complain because as a Giants fan, we've won two Super Bowls since I've been a Giants fan. So I really can't sit there and complain. Now, as a Duke fan, right. I absolutely will complain. I'll 100% like rail it to the walls because we should be winning in my, in my personal opinion. Like you get that great recruitment. You got Cooper Fogg next year. You possibly have the Boozer twins next year. You have two of the best, you know, um, recruits in the nation. So I'll, I'll complain about Duke, but I will not <laughs> complain about the giants. I, I will not complain about the G men. Um, what we need to rebuild, we need to figure it out. Um, Hopefully they figure it out. I, I have a little bit more compassion for the G-Men than I do for my Duke Blue Devils, uh, just because okay. you come from legacy. All right. Well, at least, you know, if you're a fan of the Raiders right now, you have hope. Yes. You know, there's still a chance to make the playoffs. There's still a chance to salvage this season. And, you know, Antonio Pierce, he's auditioning for his job. Aiden O'Connell. He's auditioning for his job to stay the, the starting quarterback. And there's other guys on this team who are uh, you know, battling to stay in the silver and black uniform. And I'll tell you what, I give Aiden O'Connell credit. He had some rough moments Sunday night, and he fought through it. And I love the way he battles and the way he commands the huddle. And the guys believe in him. They look in his eyes. They trust him. And I think he's got a really bright future. You know, we talk about Dave Ziegler screwing up as the general manager. He was smart enough to draft this kid in the fourth round out of Purdue. And this one may come back to look pretty good when it's all said and done. You talked about auditioning for uh, for jobs in Raider Nation before we switch over to UNLV and the real team that owns Vegas, the uh, uh, Las Vegas Knights. I wanted to talk about um, head coaching positions, like auditioning for the job. Do you really truly think that these guys are going to get that head coaching job position after the two, uh, these two W's? Well, look, he saw us, you know, he saw us seven games to go and hopefully postseason. So I don't think Antonio Pierce is looking that far down the road. And I don't think general manager Champ Kelly is looking that far down the road either. But when you add it all up at the end in January, and if we see the Raiders had a winning record, if somehow they get into the playoffs, I mean, how's Mark Davis not going to give him the job on a permanent basis? I mean, the players are playing hard for him. They love him. He's returning the love. The fans are excited. They haven't been excited in a couple of years. And, I mean, you know, it's hard to coach in this league, all right? There's only 32 of these jobs. And if Antonio Pierce keep winning and keep producing, I find it stunning if Mark Davis 
where to go and try and bring like Jim Harbaugh or someone else like that into the Raiders system. It just wouldn't be a smart move. So here's Mark Davis's chance to kind of right the wrong he made with Rich Bisacci a couple of years ago and give Antonio Pierce a job if he earns You know, there's still a lot of football left to be played. So let's see what happens. Seven games remain. The Raiders are 5-5. Five and five. Tough game next week in Miami. Tougher game the following week in, uh, here against the Chiefs and Mahomes and Kelsey and maybe Taylor Swift will be here. Who the hell knows? But anyway, he's off to a great start in terms of trying to get this job on a permanent basis. Definitely. And this was actually the first real home game, like you said, Carpe, um, that the Raiders actually had in Allegiant, which is a beautiful, beautiful arena. Um, wanted to switch over to the real team of Vegas. Those Knights, <laughs> man. Those Knights. I mean, yeah, they lost to to the Kings horrifically, but they have been smoking everybody. Like this this is a this is a repeat team if I've ever seen one. I, I, I'm so excited for the Vegas Knights. I'm so excited for what they have on the forefront. What are your thoughts going into this um, away game or away game? Well, they, they've got a, a five-game road trip that starts Tuesday night in Washington against the Capitals, who have struggled early on. They visited the White House Monday, and I'm sure that, it was a wonderful experience. The Knights only have three American-born players on the team, Alec Martinez, Jack Eichel, and Paul Cotter. I have no idea if they're Democrats or Republicans. I don't know if they like Joe Biden or they're Trumpers. I have no clue. What I do know is that Martinez was telling me the other night after they shut out San Jose that He'd been to the White House twice when Barack Obama was president, when the Kings visited after their two Stanley Cups. And he said it was an amazing experience. And I think for the Knights, even though they're mostly, they have a lot of Canadian players, a couple of Swedes, Russian guy and, and Barbashev, I think they will have had a really great experience visiting with the president and, and seeing the White House. You know, it's not like the old days before 9-11 where you could have just like went to your congressperson or senator's office and arranged to get uh, passes for a tour of the White House. They, they kind of really restricted it. So like you and I, we just can't waltz over to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and say, hey, I want to see the Lincoln bedroom. It doesn't work that way anymore. So I think these guys will appreciate the history and certainly the president will be very inviting. And I would imagine they will have a really good experience now. As for the hockey, they have a chance to get some things done on this road trip. Okay, they're going to play the Capitals. They're playing the Penguins. They're playing Philadelphia. And I believe they got to go to Montreal and, and Ottawa. Or maybe Toronto. I forgot. But they played well on the road during Bruce Cassidy's time as head coach. They're really well-prepared, and they do the fundamental things well. That's what I've been impressed with, and they're getting contributions up and down the lineup from everybody. And to me, 
if they're going to repeat as Stanley Cup champions, ultimately their goaltending will have to be really good. But as long as they keep getting contributions, I got to think that you got to look at them as uh, one of the favorites to be playing for the Cup in June and possibly repeating. I, I mean, I, again, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the way that they've been playing currently is indicative of the fact that they may possibly repeat this East coast tour will definitely help that cause. Or maybe it might, do you think it'll diminish that? Yeah. cause If they like do, what do you, do you think that they're going to go for an O in this one? Or do you think that they're going to go maybe like three and one? I'm um, just due to travel. Uh, you know, once you're on the East coast and you've adjusted to the time zone, that doesn't become a, a huge factor. Health is a big part of it. You know, they've got guys out. Chandler Stevenson, Nick Waugh, Nick Hague have all been out. So they haven't even had their entire roster the way it was supposed to be. They finally got Zach Whitecloud back the other night against the Sharks. They look pretty good. Where Cassidy, he's been able to plug guys into spots, change his lines around, and everyone's still producing. When he gets everyone back and they can get a little more continuity, they will really know how, how good these guys truly are. But for now, they've, they've done a good job. You know, they've had a, a, a somewhat soft schedule. They haven't you know, had a whole lot of back-to-backs. And when they do, it's a you know, short trip to L.A. or a trip to Anaheim. It's not like they are going all the way to Boston or Florida. So these things all come into play when you're trying to win games on the road. And uh, so far, their depth is held up. I mean, again, hockey couldn't get any flipping better um, with the Knights being so good, with just the West Coast hockey actually being amazing and being great. I wanted to switch gears really quick to um, college football. UNLV is yeah. relevant, <laughs> which is which is crazy to me. Um, let, let's talk some UNLV uh, Rebel football right now, um, yeah. as they are actually in contention. They are, and and it's been a long time since we can say that the Rebels are championship timber in conference play. But you know they're going to go to Air Force Saturday. Very tough to play them. You know, even under optimum conditions, but you're going up to Colorado Springs, you're playing at altitude. You're playing against a triple option offense that you normally don't see during the course of the season. So you've got to play assignment football. You've got to really focus on your job and make plays. And I think what Barry Odom has done is he's got these guys believing that they can do these things. And they'll be ready to play the Falcons. Now, whether or not they win or not, we'll see. Now, Air Force is coming back from Hawaii. They didn't play well. They got beat. They lost at home to Army the week before. They look like they've hit a little bump in the road. But I'll tell you what, Troy Calhoun, who's been their coach forever, is really good. And he knows how to rally his guys. I think it's going to be a great game. I, you know, 
I'm really looking forward to seeing it and and just to see how the Rebels respond because it's very rare that UNLV has even been in this kind of position. Yeah, they're going to a bowl game. We know that. But they have a chance to play for the Mountain West Championship if they can win. And then if they can beat San Jose State in the final game at home on the 26th. So there's a lot to play for. I think what you're going to see from the Rebels and from Barry Odom is he's going to get them in playoff mode, so to speak, where they're thinking like you're an NFL team and you're, you're trying to play, you're trying to make a run to the Super Bowl. And here you are, every game becomes like a playoff type atmosphere. The way you practice, the way you prepare when you go into the weight room, when you go to your meetings. I will be shocked if this team's not ready to play Saturday. I think they have laser-like focus. They are just moving right along. They say the right things. They do things the right way. It all is a reflection on the head coach. He's going to be the Mount West coach of the year. He's going to probably get some votes for national coaching. I don't know if he'll win it or not, but I think here's the problem. I wouldn't call it a problem, but a concern. If I'm the AD, Eric Harper, and I've got this guy who's turned one of the worst programs in America around, I've got to find a way to keep him and his staff on campus. Because it's it's not enough just to give the head coach a raise and extend his contract by three or four years. The reason they're winning is because they have really good assistant coaches who teach the game exceptionally well day in, day out. And, and these kids play hard for these coaches. Now, football, your position coach is like your dad or your big brother. And if they say something to you, you listen. And they, they've got, I'm telling you, he's got really good assistant coaches. And that's a big part of why they're winning. And ultimately, it's going to be, can they find the money to keep these guys from leaving either for a bigger school as an assistant or a smaller school as a head coach? Big challenge. I mean, that's always, I feel like that's always the challenge. Sorry for, for the delay, but um, that, that's always the challenge, um, especially now in the collegiate NIL era in the NIL world right now. Right. Yeah. Carby, but at least, but yeah. at least UNLV has got a plan to implement NIL, and they have a good handle on it. They've generated a couple million dollars that they have available to help recruit athletes for bring guys in from the transfer portal and they've got the resources to get this done. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear the rest of that. Carpe, you have been a gem and a one you're always wonderful. And I'm so grateful to have you on um, guys. That's all she wrote for now. Let's do it again tomorrow with Arash Markazi actually on the Arash Markazi show. Um, this is the Arash Markazi show saying stay safe and stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.